0: You enter the temple and notice a large stone box with nine squares on each side of it.
1: Okay, well, do all the squares look the same or are they different?
0: Hold on. You also see four levers, one on each side of the box.
1: Uh, okay. Well, let's see. You might have to pull a lever and then push a... Wait,
0: wait, wait. There's more. Oh. Dangling from the ceiling are 16 ropes of different lengths.
1: <laughs> what?
0: And don't forget the moat of serenading crocodiles that make a beautiful music when they open their mouths.
1: (laughs) This is a way too complicated puzzle. I think I'm just going to turn around and go back home. On this episode of Becoming DM, we talk about how to create and incorporate puzzles into your next campaign. Hey everyone, this is Felicia.
0: And this is John.
1: And first things first is when you're considering whether you want to actually incorporate puzzles into your campaign, it's really about, like, do you feel that it's something that your players can really benefit from? Do you really need puzzles? And the thing to kind of think about for this is what kind of players do you have? Are they the type that would really enjoy that kind of um, mind, brain exercise? Or are they the type that are more action combat oriented uh, it's it's important to first sort of gauge your players and see if this is a type of activity um, that they would enjoy, sort of collaborating and solving together.
0: Yeah, and and if you've been DMing for long enough, you've probably had players of, of both sides of that mm-hmm. chasm on your on your table. Those yeah. that that are really there just to be there for the next time a a combat. <laughs> Counter rolls around yes, and just wait and wait and wait for that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones who you you start to describe a puzzle and their eyes light up and yes. suddenly there's so much more engaged in, in the game. Um but yeah, keeping keeping that in mind. But really, when it comes down to it, most tables I've been at, it's kind of a mix. You've yeah. got some people that are that are super into the into the puzzles and some people that are super into the combat. And yeah. and so there there is a little bit of a, a balance finding, I would say.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. I think, you know, it's it's always important to try and, you know, at, at some point in time in your campaign, try to accommodate each of your different types of players in a way that like keeps them interested, but still maintains the interest of the rest of the group.
0: Yeah, just having a mix. So it's not all combat. It's mm-hmm. not all puzzles. And and maybe have combat during a puzzle.
1: I know, very intense. Solve the puzzle before you get killed. But but <laughs> if you've
0: got those people that that they they go along with combat but they're not super into it mm-hmm. having those puzzles as part of a, a dungeon that they're they're traipsing through it can really be a way to break up things and it, where it's not just oh there's another room with some more zombies in it yeah. oh here's another room with skeletons oh what are we going to find in the next room yeah oh boy more skeletons yeah it definitely <laughs>
1: can break up that monotony and and most people usually enjoy like you know you know, scavenging for treasure and searching and things like that. And it's always nice to not always, like you were saying, come across the same type of challenge, the same type of hurdle. Um it, it really is sort of fun to kind of just provide that variety, I think.
0: Yeah, and likewise don't have it all be puzzles. Have have oh, yeah. some variety there too. Yeah. Um so when we when we get into the actual talking of let's say you've decided I'm gonna build some puzzles for my adventure because I've got it. some people that are that are there. I'm going for it. <laughs> um, let's kind of talk about some general guidelines for for puzzle building. Yeah. And and the first one I really like to to make sure everybody is aware of when they when they start looking at puzzles. Don't let the puzzle stop the forward motion of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a if you've got a six hour session that you're playing with your your players one night and your puzzle is going to take up three hours of that (laughs) where they're in the same room working on the puzzle, working on the puzzle, working on the puzzle. I mean, if they're really big puzzle heads and that's all they want to do, it might be okay. But chances are that not everybody's on that same thing. Yeah. So try and make sure that, that whatever puzzle you present there, you're not going to just chew up so much time that there's no time for anything else. Yeah,
1: you don't want it to like dominate your story. The main point of all this is the story itself. And so, you know, you don't necessarily want that puzzle to be the main objective, especially if it's a puzzle that not everyone can participate in.
0: Yeah, and and just because it's a puzzle doesn't mean it has to be like this Mensa level puzzle. You mm-hmm. can have puzzles that are relatively simple. And uh, it, we'll we'll talk about this a little later, but sometimes the simplest ones can be the ones that trip the players up the most.
1: Yeah, for sure. Kind of get inside their own head.
0: <laughs> Everyone always
1: expects it to be harder than it actually is. <laughs> um, but the other thing to think about, too, is is um, there can be a more than one solution scenario for your puzzles. You know, uh, you know, people always think, okay, they get it wrong, they just don't figure out the puzzle, they get it right, they move on. But, you know, sometimes when you're doing a puzzle, you can make it even more challenging where it's like, hey, if they get something wrong, something else happens that makes it more challenging for them to accomplish this puzzle. Yep. Um, and that's, you know either and these can be multi-stages to the main main puzzle but you know they get the wrong answer oh well maybe they get pushed back into a room further away or you know maybe I don't know someone gets their hand chopped off who knows
0: (laughs) wow you're you're not very (laughs) lenient there with the wrong answers Uh, um <laughs> well, in a, in a game that I was running recently, the the players were going through this this labyrinth, and there were there were puzzles every so often. And for almost every puzzle that I presented them, there were multiple ways to solve it. Mm. And if you solved it the quote unquote correct way, you, the the easiest path forward opened up for you. Mm. Um, if you solved it the not as correct way, then yeah, you got a door that looked like you were moving forward, and and in most cases you were moving. Forward in a sideways-ish kind of way, <laughs> uh, but you had had a tougher tougher row of it. You had yeah. more monsters, things like that. Um, so just keep in mind that that if you if you have more than one solution, you you also prevent that that puzzle stopping the forward motion of the of the story. So if somebody guesses a wrong guess, if somebody chooses a wrong thing, mm-hmm. you can still have them them fail forward. And, and continue the story without getting all hung up on, oh, well, you didn't push the right button in the right sequence. Yeah. Um, so.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, that, that goes for physical clues as well as riddle clues. And, and like we said before, a lot of this is based off of your group of players. Remember, you want to you wanna think about um, the type of players. You know, if you have, like me, mostly new players, you don't want to make this such an overcomplicated, such a difficult thing for them to come across that it just becomes off-putting. So, you know, when it comes to different solutions, actually, it might be a good idea to ahead of time sort of prepare a a variety of different potential scenarios that might result from your particular puzzle or riddle. And if maybe one of the scenarios that actually happens is close enough to what it is that you had written down, then just kind of go ahead and let them move forward in the game.
0: Yeah, and sometimes if you're if you're doing a riddle puzzle, mm-hmm. sometimes they're gonna give you an answer that may actually be a better fit than the answer you had originally thought of. You never know. And in, in cases like that, you can always take their answer and be like, Oh, well, this is perfect. They solve the riddle and I'm gonna incorporate that answer later on in my story to make it even more tied yeah. together. Like, oh, well, they they, they said my my Riddle had something to do with ogres. They said something about trolls. Guess what? Mm. There's trolls now, buddy. You did it to yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So you know. So once you've kind of decided, sort of maybe that the type of um, you know the the type of puzzle. You know, when we're talking about like the general guidelines for puzzle building and the type of puzzle, um, you know, that you're sort of manifesting for your players, um, it's it's good thing to also think about like how you're weaving it into the story exactly like what is the purpose of this puzzle how does it fit into the bigger picture of things you know how is it gonna kind of fit into the settings it's not exactly like you're gonna have you know a a stone box uh they're gonna have to try and figure out at the bottom of the ocean if they have no way to get there so you need to figure out like make sure that your your puzzle is appropriate to the setting that you are creating for your
0: um, i mean unless there's some reason for that stone box (laughs) to be on the bottom of the ocean floor like somebody dropped it there
1: yeah (laughs) But Captain, yeah. Captain
0: America and everything. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, yeah. So definitely thinking why the puzzle's there. As I mentioned with the labyrinth earlier that, that I had been running, um, the puzzles were there because there was an insane king who didn't want to be bothered by anyone. And so he built this thing. Exactly. Yeah. Died off in the end, but the the, the labyrinth was still there. Mm-hmm. Um So... So you think of think of why it's there don't just say oh i'm going to put a puzzle here to make it harder yeah. for my players to get through think yeah. of like a reason for it to be there
1: yeah there's got to be a reason you have serenading crocodiles in your uh, <laughs> in your scenario um and i would say you know honestly like kind of piggybacking on what you said i think Security tends to be a very common reason, like, Mm -hmm. you know, fortifying something, securing something, protecting something, all of that, you know, those tend to fall in the same reason um, of of why usually riddles and puzzles present themselves in those types of scenarios. Um, I had one that I ran about um, our players discovering a a half-sunken elven tomb in the middle of a swamp. And yeah, part of of them getting through were like certain doorways that required certain phrases to be uttered, or you had to solve certain riddles in order to get through the doorways, because those were the extra security measures that were originally in place to protect those assets. So if you're kind of just wanting a a kind of easy way to sort of just kind of weave, um, you know, puzzle building into your story, kind of testing the waters, it's always a good kind of a good method, I think, is just kind of, okay, let's just think of something as a, a layer of protection. Um it's really good just go to honestly.
0: Yeah, and it ends up being a little bit of suspension to disbelief because why are we going to have secure our hordes by a riddle? But hey,
1: hey, it's a magical riddle, I'll have you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um another thing about when we're talking about getting started when you're getting ready to to put together that puzzle mm. is if is really make sure when you're talking about the puzzle when you're describing the puzzle to your players to use a lot of detail yes. uh don't don't just say oh yeah there's there's a box lying there yep. and then have have them have to ask mm-hmm. tell them everything that they can see about that box and then as they explore it and do things with it then you can add in uh, the details that they find but just looking at it they should probably be able to see more than just a box
1: what's in the box <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so you know now that we're talking about boxes um i promise there are more different types of puzzles out there than just boxes (laughs) um think about like types of puzzles that you want to present uh we mentioned before riddles riddles are a great type of puzzles um obviously that good old-fashioned stone box is also one that you can utilize um combination puzzles you know you require a certain sequence of numbers or letters or a name or a word that triggers something
0: colors you can have bu- yeah. buttons that you push with different colors in a certain order levers yeah yep,
1: exactly um maybe you have to like sing along with the serenading crocodiles and if you sing a wrong tune they eat you
0: or out of tune Exactly. They're really upset about the attitude. They
1: factors. are. They they really like to stay in pitch. <laughs> um, it's kind of a pitch perfect thing for them. Um, you know, logic puzzles, things that you kind of have to solve in those, in those respects. Um, I had one. Uh, so I, I work part time uh, at an escape room. And, you know, we, we incorporate a lot of those like really fun puzzles and clues that people have to solve. And a cipher is a really popular one. Um, you know, you can get something like a, a secret letter that they find. And maybe within that letter, you see a cipher. And whenever you come across that particular thing that you're supposed to read, you can utilize that cipher and it can be like, oh, the cipher says like three, two, one. And it's like the third paragraph, second sentence, third uh, or first letter or something along those lines um, of of like, okay, this is, you know, if I go to that particular letter and then I spell all the letters out, it's supposed to, you know, create a word. And that word is supposed to get me through the doorway or something like that. Um, You can be really creative with those types of puzzles.
0: Yeah. And with, with logic puzzles, it, it can be kind of those brain teasers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the classic logic puzzle is the whole, you've got two doors, one that, one that can't tell a lie, one that only tells lies. Um, and you have to, you get one question to figure out which door you need to go through. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you can go classic like that, or you can build your own new logic puzzles and you can build that logic based upon what you've built in your world. Yeah, too. absolutely another type of puzzle are, are those physical puzzles hmm. where, where you're actually gonna have something that that the players get in their hands that yeah. you can, and, and some of the things we've talked about can be physical. Like you mentioned, a, a letter can be a physical thing. Oh, yeah, venue. absolutely, Yeah. But you can also have uh, like a clue to find where the puzzle itself is. True. Uh, yeah. So in the in the labyrinth that I was talking about, uh, you played it. Uh, one of the things that I I gave the players was this pyramid, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. scrawled in blood on the inside of the pyramid were these five letters that they had to figure out what the five letters meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there were there were these dots in it that had little blood drips on uh, what maybe appeared to be random, but once they got to where where the puzzle was it also helped guide them through uh in a way that that they died less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they died less. <laughs> they just kind of died. hey i can
0: not I I g I I can't I can't can't prevent people from dying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we hold ourselves not at all responsible. Wash our hands of it. Um you know and then the other thing is you can actually make a actual puzzle riddle, like you know, maybe as they go along the adventure they gather pieces of a hole. You know, and and each of those pieces, maybe at the very end, when they come together, results in something magnificent and beautiful happening.
0: so the puzzle is a puzzle exactly. <laughs>
1: blows your mind. um, you know, other things is uh, a really fun one too that we do um at the escape rooms is like you can hide things within the words of something. So um we would do things like, oh, we would hide numbers within the words of a letter. We'd spell out numbers like ten, eight five or four or whatever, and we would spell it out um, within a letter. And so if people read it carefully enough, they would find those numbers within the words of the letter, and then that number sequence would then give them access to something else.
0: Yeah, it could be part of your combination puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So so a, a different type of puzzle that leads to another puzzle.
1: Exactly. And fun things like this is is that, you know, this is a great opportunity to do really interactive stuff with your players. Like, you know, if they figured out like a four-digit combination and you happen to have like a four-digit lock, give them the lock and let them like, you know, undo the lock. And it's just sort of a fun little extra thing that you can add um, to the puzzle-solving aspect of um, of your campaign. It's, it's a really fun way like, oh, physically, there's a lock in my hand and I have to <laughs> unlock this before we move forward in the story.
0: Yeah, I, I really, really like using physical clues yeah. or even physical puzzles as part of the game mm-hmm. just because it gets gets players into a little bit different headspace than just like I get out my sword and I, I swing it at them. I, yeah. I've actually got this physical item in my hand that I can I can look at I can manipulate I can mm-hmm. do things with mm-hmm. and and from there I can figure things out. Um, now there's there's some argument that says well your players may have a different intelligence score than their <laughs> than their character does. Uh, and, and that's okay, uh, I, I think because you can if, if, if their play if their character has a much higher intelligence score than you feel like the player mm-hmm. does first off, probably shouldn't tell them that <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can also structure hints around yeah. um, around based upon what they're doing with it and and you can say, well based upon your your character what they know, you also know this about it. so mm-hmm. make sure to pay attention to this
1: yeah. There's definitely a certain way to like guide your players, you know, in in times if they need a little more assistance, um, players or characters, either one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. You're coming off a weekend of playing your favorite role-playing game only to look at the calendar in weeks ahead to see nothing. Your group couldn't find a date to meet until next month. Have no fear. Darkwind's got you covered. You can sign in for free anytime at play.darkwind.org. Do you have a hankering to build a necromancer and use your undead army to take down angels in the Hall of Worlds? Or maybe you prefer lycanthropy and you'd like to join the Garu Guild. Darkwind has character options for days, so whatever your play style, there's something for you. They're sponsoring this show and helping make it happen, so give them a try by going to play.darkwind.org. Now back to the show.
1: You know, another thing that you can do, a lot of people sometimes get caught in the, um, in the concrete physical aspect of puzzles. And they don't necessarily realize that sometimes a sequence of actions can also be a puzzle in and of itself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we played this one campaign where we were in a room and in the room was a mirror. And we were supposed to do a series of actions that involved the mirror in order for a portal to open up so that we could travel through it. And if we didn't do that particular sequence of actions in the right order, no portal. Um so something like that is actually a really kind of fun way. You know, oh you have to flop your arms like chicken wings and then pat yourself pat yourself on the head. Um and um cluck like a chicken and that's like how you open the portal.
0: Yeah, um and, and when you're when you're doing a room like that, um you you really have to uh you really have to uh take the time to 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 narrate it. Mm-hmm. If if you've got uh if you've got Players that are really new, yeah. You may also have to provide them with some options of things that they may may need to do, yeah. Or you could make it very simple. Uh, one of the one of the the puzzles that I used in my game that I found online. I can't take credit for this, but yeah. but I thought it was really cool, and I decided to use it, and it was a lot of fun because you get your players in there, and they start thinking of all these complicated solutions, and mm-hmm. it's a very simple solution. So they they get into the room, and the doors close. And a, a, a magical countdown clock appears upon the wall. There's a there's a button in the center with some <laughs> water around it. Red and, gleaming button. And uh, and some symbols of, of weapons around that. And you, you give enough detail to where it's like, oh, well, this must be important. This must be important. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of red herrings in there. All they had to do is wait for the countdown to, to end, and the room opened up. But if they push the button, it reset the countdown clock, and... I think I think probably 30 or 40 times that button got hit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it was a lot of fun. Once they got done, it was like, oh, wow, we really overthought that. Yeah. And it's a, it's a nice little primer to get them, as you go through the other puzzles in your area, to not overthink some things, to, sure. to really kind of set those expectations that sometimes things are simpler than they seem.
1: Well, and I think it really set the precedent for like your particular scenario for that one like that mad king mm-hmm. you know where it's like things really do not appear or you know they're not really what they appear to be you know you have to like completely readjust how you perceive things and how you solve things and in a a, a castle or a place where it's like oh it's run by a mad king you definitely have to think outside of the box so things like that are perfect and it, it really i think reinforces the fact that like yeah you want to make these things that are, are true to the setting and story that you're giving your characters you know of course you know mad riddles will match a mad king. So, as such, you know, it'd be it's it's appropriate to make them um, reflect a reflection of that, if you will.
0: Yeah, and and then you can also continuing on our our discussion about the types of puzzles, uh, you can you can build encounters as puzzles mm-hmm. where it's not really a traditional puzzle where you're like trying to fit pieces together or figure out what what switch to hit. Yeah, but but. Um, where where you have to do certain things in in a in a role play type encounter to yeah. have people do other things, and you you had mentioned uh, your ghost encounter game, and I think it it it, it <laughs> uh, makes sense to go ahead and bring it up in this situation.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I've mentioned this I think a few times for a few different points made um in previous episodes, but once again, uh, when the group that I was DMing was um trying to solve some stuff and they came across the ghost hag of the lady and. Um, all they had to do was just say a few nice flirtatious things, you know, complimentary things about her, uh, and they were able to ask her a question that would then allow them to move forward in the game. And, of course, like I said before, my husband instead insulted her (laughs) and called her an old hag, uh, and therefore they weren't able to get that clue for that particular um, part of the game. And, of course, there was obviously an an alternative way for them to actually get those clues or that particular clue, but in that particular scenario, um, you just you had to say the right things um, to the right particular ghost, if you will, uh, in order to get your in order to get access to the information that you needed. So um, those encounters can be just as effective as an actual like you know written down riddle or a box or a series of levers. Um, encounters in and of themselves can be. Puzzles as well.
0: Yeah, it's a, a matter of understanding the rules of engagement, almost um, <laughs> rules so, of engagement, so that that you you can get the details you want out of the out of the person you're dealing with.
1: Mm, absolutely, and and there are so many different places that you can get ideas for puzzles. I mean, we've given a few, but you know. Um, Take from, from media, like, you know, one of my favorites that was uh, one that I used as inspiration for mine was like in The Hobbit when they had to get into um, the mountain and the only way they could do was by saying, oh, speak friend and enter, but it was in Elvish, but it was on the map and the map was what gave them the, the key so that they knew what to say at the right time. Um, I did a very similar thing where like, oh, there was a, a riddle inscribed above the door and it was said in a certain language that one of the players knew and that player had to read it um, in order, and then they had to solve the riddle.
0: Yeah, and and I I have sourced uh, books of riddles or riddle pages on the on the web, mm-hmm. and and yeah, there's a little bit of fishing through the um, John has three brothers, and this one's <laughs> named this, and this one's named that. Yeah. What's his other one named? Uh, but, <laughs> but 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 they, they are a good source if you can find that right one that fits your situation. It can be really cool, yeah. and you know it's solvable because it's been put in this this resource that other people have said hey this is a great riddle
1: yeah exactly um and just kind of referring back you know there's a lot of um other like you know things that you can source from um if you ever look up like at home escape room ideas Mm -hmm. you know when people build their own at home escape rooms there is a plethora of different puzzles that you can create like for escape rooms that would actually probably work really well in a campaign
0: and those are really awesome if you want to do some of those physical clues. Mm-hmm. So you can bring in whatever the physical clue in the escape room would be, and have exactly. that be what what your players find. Yes, um, I've got a I've got a, a cryptics that I made for a, a an escape room that I did for my my youngest son, mm-hmm. and I am just dying to use it in one <laughs> of my campaigns. I just haven't gotten the right to the right point yet. Uh, But eventually, it will be there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's so excited. Um, And even if you don't have the amazing 3D printer that John has to make his stuff, there are plenty of like printable clues that you can do. You can go, um, same thing, escape room, um, clues that allow you just to like find it, PDF, you can print it off, cut it out, and it's still something that can still effectively work um, for your intents and purposes of the campaign. So, I mean, there's just, there's ways, like, someone poor like myself, um, can also incorporate physical clues into their game.
0: Well, and and before I had my 3D printer, some mm. of the clues that I did, I went to Walmart. And I walked, I, I walked down the, the aisle that they had incense burners on. Mm. And I found, uh, so I men- mentioned the pyramid that I, I made for the yeah. game that, that you were in. I had run that game before, before I had the 3D printer. And I found this pyramid incense burner that had mm-hmm. these holes. Okay. And I basically made it like added some flourishes to, to make it my, my prop. Nice. Um, but there's, there's all sorts of stuff. If you just are willing to look in weird places for them that you can use to buy your own physical props for, for these puzzles.
1: Or even, uh, I mean, you can always check out like Hobby Lobby and Michael's. There's so much like crafting stuff there. Um, it's, it's a great source of like inspiration and just ways to put together your own puzzles for stuff.
0: Um, one other place for, uh, for sources of puzzles, if you're interested, uh, so I've, I've provided this to several people that, uh, that, that I've interacted with on Facebook or whatever. Mm. Uh, I have a list of puzzles that I did in my little labyrinth, and I'd be happy to provide them to a, a listener. If you want to reach out, just uh, becomingdm.com and click contact and say, hey, Give me the puzzles. Hopefully, a little nicer than that. But, uh, but yeah, I'd be happy to uh, to send them your way as well. They're none of them are all that difficult. All of them have multiple ways to be solved. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of them take a very very long time in your in your game. But but uh, definitely something that I'd be happy to provide.
1: And they're really like speaking from just you know having seen the puzzles myself. They're pretty they're pretty cool puzzles. So John's puzzles are worth asking for. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So let's talk. About providing these clues. Yes. We've talked a little bit about it, but... But um, one of the things that I really like to make sure that I do is seed clues early. Yeah. So Prepping them. So as I mentioned, this, this pyramid that had multiple clues on it, mm-hmm. the, the players got it early on in the game. One of the clues helped them figure out where they needed to go. Yeah. The other clue that was in it was almost at the very end of the, of the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So I like to give players time to forget that they have the clue. Mm-hmm. And for, for a couple of reasons. One, just because it's, it's fun. <laughs> and he
1: laughs maniacally. Uh,
0: but the other is when they when they realize that they have it and they connect the dots to say this this points to this. Yeah, it's it's really cool and rewarding to see players get excited about that stuff mm-hmm. and and really just enjoy the the solve that they that they just made.
1: Yeah, um, and and kind of going back to what I was saying before about how a puzzle can be a puzzle. Uh, you know, when you find multiple pieces throughout your campaign, like you were saying in different parts, you know, you can. Even before you get to like say a labyrinth, and you're finding pieces of puzzles put together to a whole, there can still be clues, like individual clues on those on those individual pieces, um, that kind of act as breadcrumbs to guide you in the right direction as well. Um, you know, you can have a series of riddles a riddle that leads to another riddle that leads to another riddle, kind of like a scavenger hunt.
0: And and potentially those those individual riddles can also lead to side quests yeah. that lead to the other riddle. Yeah. Um, so it, it can also help you build out your campaign to make it more rich, involved. Whatever. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, there's, there's so many different ways that you can take this. Um, but they're all... Regardless, excellent opportunities to provide those little extra nudges, those little extra hints or clues that your players can hopefully, if they remember, (laughs) utilize when they actually come across to like the main
0: puzzle. Yep. So uh, we've been talking about puzzles and having your players run through them, but eventually Mm there is going to be a time where they get stuck.
1: Yes. Inevitable.
0: And, And... as I mentioned in the very beginning of this, the last thing that we want to do is have the puzzle stop the momentum of the campaign. Yeah, So you really have to have a plan for how you're going to deal with with players getting stuck,
1: yeah and And the thing is, is you know providing those clues ahead of time helps helps to sort of mitigate that. But in the in the in the case that it doesn't, um, you know, there's a few things that you can do. Um, one is like let's say you have an NPC join their group. And if they're trying to solve a puzzle and it's just, you can tell it's not working and the, it, the game starts going from fun to frustrating, <laughs> um, you know, perhaps that NPC just happens to notice something that conveniently helps the group out
0: and and it could be a friendly npc that's traveling with them sure or it could be they're they're at this mechanism that they're trying to solve mm-hmm. and, and figure out the puzzle for and maybe they get attacked by somebody who accidentally trips over a lever that kicks something into motion that makes the mm. the players go oh this makes more sense yeah. i understand what has to be done now once i kill this guy <laughs> uh, but but in in either case the the goal is not to solve it for them. Mm, it's yeah. to it's to have this NPC this this enemy um do something that makes them reconsider the way that the puzzle is set up yeah. or or make them refocus on a particular aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And and another thing especially for like your newer players is, you know, again, like you were saying you don't necessarily want to give it away, but you know, perhaps it helps to reground them and just kind of reiterate or rewalk with them what they have already done up to that point. Because sometimes when you get in problem-solving mode and puzzle-solving mode, your your brain just kind of just scatters. And, you know, (laughs) you're just trying to do all these things at one time. And sometimes it can help to be like, okay, so what have we accomplished up to this point? Or, okay, remember, you went through X, Y, and Z, and you accomplished this. So this means maybe what? And, you know, to help kind of... um, just to kind of help them to remember the steps that they took to get to where they are might help them to like, oh, okay, you know what? And then kind of trigger their brain into being like, oh, okay, wait, hold on. I think I know how to solve this.
0: And it, it may even just force them to remember a thread that they that they mm-hmm. found a, a, a potential clue for the puzzle over here in this corner of the room. Yeah. And they did all these other things because they didn't have a place for that piece mm-hmm. to fit yet. And... They've forgotten all about it. Yeah. So say, well, hey, well, why don't why don't you kind of tell me what you feel like you've done so far? Yeah. Oh, we did this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what about this other thing? Oh, yeah, we had that too. Yeah. Oh, this goes here. <laughs> I,
1: I understand now. It's a it's very similar to um, game mastering when you do uh, escape rooms. Um, we have a very similar process for like when groups get stuck and they're working on puzzles. It kind of helps to sort of refresh their brain, and they're like, oh wait a minute, oh, I can connect X, Y, and Z. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, the other thing I like to do when I when I did one of my, my campaign with the half-sunken Elven Tomb was I, I knew, obviously, what puzzles and riddles I was going to present to my players ahead of time, and I had written down a couple of just alternative ways or, or list of hints that I could provide to the team should they get stuck, because I was anticipating that they probably were. Uh, I gave one... Um, I had one where it was like a riddle that they had to solve. If they couldn't solve the riddle, um, then I went ahead and I would let them roll. And depending on how well they roll was if their character was able then to solve the riddle anyways. Um, But, you know, on another, you know, method of doing that, you can also like say, okay, you know, here's a puzzle that I'm going to present. And here's three different hints that I'm going to give them to help them solve this puzzle should they get stuck essentially. Um, so, you know, if you prep ahead of time and just kind of make sure that you leave yourself a means to assist them without actually giving them the answer, um, it'll, I think make for much smoother experience when you're actually in game
0: yeah don't don't just on the fly try to think of a hint because Mm. because typically what happens when you do that is either you give too much away Mm -hmm. or your hint is so obscure that it it actually hurts things yeah and and they're just left going i i thought i knew something but now i know nothing Mm -hmm. because this clue makes no sense (laughs) yeah this is not
1: a time when you want to wing it
0: yeah um and then, then uh, another thing that I like to do when, when players get stuck, especially if I've got these puzzles that can be solved multiple ways, mm-hmm. they've solved solved it one way and gone down a path and felt like, yeah, we're, we're done here. We feel like there's no other ways to go. Hey, there may be different ways to solve some of the things that you, you've done. Mm-hmm. Just remind them that, that there's not just one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually had to do that recently. Players kind of looked at looked at the places that they've been and they said, well, this, this room, we, we really kind of just lucked into a solve. So let's, let's maybe try something else there. Mm -hmm. They went back and they, they figured out that this other plate needed to go in this slot. And, and then i totally messed up and forgot which one that they'd put in there and said oh nothing happens and then I realized it was I was wrong <laughs> but but <laughs> that that gave them the the opportunity to to rethink some of the things that they'd done yeah go back and and actually figure out a different path mm-hmm so i think um that's really what we were going to talk about about puzzles yeah uh we would love to hear what you guys have have done with puzzles some interesting things you've you've unleashed on your players (laughs) uh and and uh and see what's what's out there yes but until next time stay stay nerdy nerdy, friends. friends we'd love to hear what you think about the show Join the many others that have contacted us or written reviews. These things help us know if we're going in the right direction. If you'd like to reach out, go to becomingdm.com or on Facebook, go to facebook.com becomingdm. And on Twitter, we're at becomingdm. DM. Becoming DM was produced by John Welsh and Felicia Martinez. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll see you in two weeks.